Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Today is March 28th, 2022. And uh, we'd like to welcome you all to the Working Artist Project. Mr. Darian Douglas, how are you doing tonight? Gregory Aji, tonight is going to be epic for a lot of reasons, Greg. And we're going to get into it in a minute because I think we're we going to fight about some things tonight. But we also going to get... <laughs> what you got to say about that? I'm, I might slap you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> Yo, Greg, Greg is uh, dishing out the virtual slaps tonight, y'all. But... Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, listen, y'all. Welcome back to the Working Artist Project. How about that? <laughs> all right, man. Let's 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 just get right into it with the uh, with all of the the stuff that we have to say. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Isotope, and uh, Isotope is also sponsoring the Sanaa Music Workshop, which is happening when Greg. That's a good question. Um, June sixth, right? <laughs> the first day <laughs> june 6th through june 17th in new orleans louisiana man i'm so i'm so honored man can you imagine this six years ago we had um no sponsors and no money and just a dream and two minds and some hands and some feet <laughs> six years later we got one of the most reputable software uh music software brands backing us up and uh, we have a bunch of other people who believe in what we do, and we're very grateful for those uh, for those sponsors in making this project happen. Um, so this coming June sixth, we have our sixth annual Sanaa Music Workshop. And uh, if you guys know any young people between the ages of fourteen and twenty three, I believe we are looking for young people to come learn about music, learn about the music business. And uh, it's going to be an amazing, amazing uh, summer experience here in New Orleans. And we have the one and only Marquise Hill coming down to be our artist in residence. So I am unbelievably excited about that. And I hope you all are too. Yeah, y'all, it's going to be a complete vibe. And uh, for the people who don't know, because we don't, we hardly ever just explicitly say this, Greg, but we are a nonprofit of 501c3 based out of New Orleans, Louisiana. So, um, yeah, if you're looking for somebody to support or something to support, or you want to support the music, just head right over to secondlinearts.org and you can find out all the beautiful things that we do. And all of the donate buttons are green for money, baby. So hit that button. Cha-ching. I need a sound. I need a cha-ching sound, right, Greg? Cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> all right. So tonight, y'all, we got the one and only Curtis Now It's Sad with us. He is, uh, in, in my opinion, one of the greatest drummers to ever, to ever do it. You know what I'm saying? And and he he's in New York. He's rare because he can play anything. He's a specialist of all grooves in all tempos, in all styles. It don't matter, Greg. And it, it is crazy. And, and you know, uh, originally from Winnipeg and uh, came to New York, I think, in 2013. So he came to New York after me. And sometimes somehow he's more famous than me. What is this some bullshit? But anyway, man. <laughs> Life. Say la vie, my friend. Say la vie, right? <laughs> uh, without further ado, I'd like to work, welcome Curtis Nowasad to the Working Arts Project. What up, Curtis? What up, y'all? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful uh, hyperbolic introduction. <laughs> you earned it. Appreciate you. Thank you. You did earn it, man. Thank you. Curtis, you, wow. know, we, well, you know what I want to talk to you tonight about, man? A lot of hot topics, you know? Okay. And... Uh, okay. I want to dive right, right in at the top with immigration because that's a, that's kind of a oh, hot man. button for a lot of people. And we're going and, right. right into it. Holy shit! 
Yeah, bro. We, Greg, we jumping right in, man. We're I just want to know. Oh, we tearing it down. We do it. We going to build a wall and tear it down and figure out why Curtis is here to steal all of our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> man yeah well today's a good day to ask me about it because i spent several hours working on a visa application today so uh you know i'm feeling great no it was a, it was a good day but the uh it's a lot of paperwork a lot, yeah, a lot of work yeah. <clears throat> um so you know i don't know how familiar with well i mean generally no you know Generally, no one is very familiar with the process because a lot of Wait, people are like, oh, are you Curtis, a citizen yet? Yeah. Can I ask you a personal yeah. question? Are, What's that? are you by chance an alien with extraordinary abilities? <laughs> <laughs> I am, in fact, an alien of extraordinary ability. Um, that is my official designation, you know, to the U.S. government. I'm an alien of extraordinary ability. Um, I have been for, uh, for, I guess, six years now, you know, the... Uh, so I came, as Darian said, I came in 2013. Uh, I did my master's in Manhattan School of Music. So generally, generally going to school is the easiest way to come to New York in the first place. And that's usually what I tell, usually what I tell people, unless you have um, a lot of relationships already uh, with a lot of, a lot of musicians. Because the big thing is that you need help. You, like, you need, you need to be able to lean on people. And, and you know, every time you got to do a visa application, like everyone I know, that has to do all this stuff, like goes through the same sort of existential, like, oh man, I got to ask people to, to sign recommendation letters for me and sign contracts saying that they're going to hire me for gigs and stuff. And I'm like, and I like hesitate and hesitate because I'm so like, because I'm like, oh, can I really ask them? And then like, everyone is always so, everyone wants to help, you know, like, you know, everyone is always down to help. So, um, but yeah, so I came, you know, as a, so usually if you come on a student visa, then you get, was called OPT, which is like an extra year called optional practical training. And so the whole thing is like, it's sort of designed for people doing like internships and stuff. So you like get an internship and you work it for a year. And then in that time you figure out what you're going to do otherwise. But for music, it's like you have to, it's, it's not quite set up for music, but you know, it works anyway. So you, so that's sort of the year where you're supposed to get your visa stuff together and everything. So you got to get all your press, all your, everything anytime anyone has ever mentioned you in print or anytime you did anything cool all that stuff and then get uh contracts from people you know that say they're going to hire you for gigs over the next three years which is wild because no one like no one knows what they're doing more than a few months out you know mm -hmm. um but yeah, so you have to like that that's kind of the crazy thing about this whole system is it, like you said it's not set up for musicians you know yeah so like well, musicians uh, Greg knows what he's going to do for the next year because he plays with Michael Bublé. But oh yeah, for right. The, so. <laughs> for the rest of us, we don't know. Five days. Well, there's, there's, you know, there's a, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a, you know, there's a very, very significant Canadian. You know, very. Uh, he would, he would be an alien of extraordinary ability. I don't know. He, but he, li he lives in in Canada, still, right? Or is he a live? world citizen at this point? I'm pretty sure, like yeah. everyone would just welcome Michael with open. Well, arms. exactly. But that, but that is the thing. That is. What's funny about it though is that when you reach a certain level, that actually is the case. Hmm. Like, so I'm now I'm I'm once I finish this visa application, like because this is my third O one, and now I'm uh, planning on probably applying. Like, I'm planning on applying for a green card at the hmm. same time, kind of right after. So, um, and you everyone always said like, yeah, you know, you know, if you get a Grammy, then you're you know you're good for a green card. And I thought they were just like. The, it was just like, oh, yeah, because that's like the level, you know, if you have like 
something really good. No, like literally like for the EB1, which is like the O1 version, like the, it's like the souped up O1 green card. You're like a extra, extra, you know, alien of extra, extra, extraordinary ability or whatever. Um, literally the first one, the first one is you've won the top award in your field. So if literally, if you win a Grammy, then if you go through the green card process, you'll just get one. I didn't realize it was like, it was totally like that. That's wild. So, but then if not, then there's like a whole list of criteria. And if you fulfill three out of 10, then you're, you know, theoretically should be okay. But, you know, I'm a little nervous about the green card because also like a lot of stuff changed under Trump. A lot of, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people working in these offices were trained during the Trump administration. So like, they're looking at applications differently than people were prior to that, you know? And uh, so, you know, there's, there's just, there's so many variables, but it's so wild that like your future as an artist in this country is decided by one person at a desk reading your application. They know nothing about music. They know nothing about you or your career or anything. All they know is all the information you give them. And it's like a stack this big and they just go through it, you know? And then they are either, you know, they either approve or they, uh, first they'll give you a, what they call an RFE. So a request for more information. So like if you're request for more evidence or whatever it is, request for further evidence. So like if, uh, yeah. So if you're like borderline, then they'll like give you a chance to beef it up. But, uh, yeah, then, uh, that's kind of it. So it's, it's just wild that it's like just decided by whomever working in an office. You know, it's your your the, the fate of your life is decided by yeah. some stamp in paper. <laughs> yeah, you're like trying to make you know like trying to make plans. So that's why I like you know, and I know a lot of people who have done it without lawyers and done really well. Like they just you know just made it a full time job for several weeks. You know, just doing all this stuff. I have never done it without a lawyer. I have always spent money I didn't have on a lawyer. I have a great lawyer um, who is also an amazing uh, tenor saxophonist. His name is Ari Ambrose check him out he's like this dude is bad like you know i remember i still remember the first time i heard him at smalls like after he you know he was already my lawyer at that point i heard him at smalls and i was like floored i was like he was playing with uh, alex norris they're good friends it's like the bad motherfucker so <laughs> the uh but yeah so like i've always used a lawyer because i'm like just because a i don't like think i have the capacity for doing that like the the organization because also if you make like one little mistake it can mess up the whole thing yeah i think you know so, one part i know greg you, you were about to say one thing i had never thought about was the amount of money that you have to pay to stay in this country so, oh, so it's, it's a very classist system where you got to be rich to stay here you know what I mean? You, you got to come up with $10,000 every three years that you just, you know, yeah, yeah. don't need or whatever. I mean, it's not, it's not 10 grand every three years. It's just like say right, it's right now it's, for yeah, dramatic yeah. effect. Come on, no, man. <laughs> but, but what's wild. No, I mean, it's like, it's like about three grand or whatever, but now also over COVID, no one was applying for visas. So to, uh, keep the revenue the same for USCIS, they doubled all of the application fees, just doubled them. Nice. Just cause. So like there's, you know, so if you're like, if you need to get an answer within two weeks, uh, they have what's called, you know, you can like expedite, uh, I forget if that's actually what it's called or if it's a premium processing, you do premium processing, right? You expedite it. Uh, and that was always, it was like 
for the last several years, it was $1,400. And over COVID, they just doubled it. So now it's $2,800. So if you, if you, you know, and I'm getting like late on my application, I'm like, like, I do not have $2,800 to spend just so that someone will look at this faster, you know. But if you need it, you know, I don't know, the whole thing is a racket. Like, it's really, you know, hopefully there are no, you know, no uh, immigration personnel listening to this. But regardless, it's like, <laughs> like the, uh, you know, it's like it really is. It is it is really like a, is a classist system. It's really hard to, you know, it's like you got to either have money or you got to incur debt to mm -hmm. You know, in order to do it, you know, they want to make you American real quick, man. They're like, hey, yeah, right. cats from Canada living a good life with health care and, and some type of government assistance. Yeah, right. You got to take that from them like ASAP before you become yeah. a real American. Well, um, and this, I mean, man, the, uh, you know, it's part of like, would be one of the advantages to being on a green card, but the, like, being on an 01, it's like kind of no man's land a little bit. Like, I'm a US tax resident. But like, technically, I'm not a U.S. like I'm not a U.S. resident because a, a U.S. resident, even though I'm here the whole year or whatever, uh, if you're here for over half the year, then you're then you're a U.S. tax resident. But um, just by being like I'm, I'm you know, you need a green card to be considered a resident. Then you're a resident alien, you know. Um, so, yeah. So like over covid, you know, I couldn't collect unemployment or anything. Hmm. You know, and that was like one of the big things for for international musicians. That's why, like, a lot of people, like, you know, had to, you know, pick up and move. And so they they you know put all this time and all this effort, all this money into into getting a visa. It's only three years, and then COVID eats up, you know, x amount of it, and then you don't have any of the your your career is on hold. So now you don't have any of the, you know. Um, any of the stuff that you need to get another one so like most international musicians will release an album what like because this is the other thing that you know it's you can do it as just like a notable side person but generally like notable side people don't get a lot of like articles written about them and reviews you know mentioned in a lot of reviews and stuff so like the the best way is to release your own album which costs a lot of money pay for you know pr which costs a lot of money like it's not just the, you know, that's what you need to generate the evidence to get the, to get the visa. So it's not even like, it's not even just the cost of getting the visa. It's like all this shit, you know, um, you know, and making records and getting articles and reviews and all this stuff is great. It's all great stuff, but like, you know, it's easy to be like, you know, reviews are bullshit and awards are bullshit and all this stuff. But then when you look at, you know, you look at the thing, anyone who's trying to, any artist who's trying to come to this country is trying to get a green card. And like, literally the first thing is if you win a Grammy, you get a, you get a green card. So like, we can sit around and say like, you know, the recording Academy is bullshit or something, you know, as people tend to do whenever it's Grammy season, people always want to talk shit, but it's one of those, like, this actually affects people's lives, you know? Yeah. I wonder what it would feel like to, you know, I mean, cause it's been, I've been here for eight and a half years now. So like, I forget the what it felt like to like just be in the country that i was from and didn't have all of these various anxieties you know um so sometimes i'm just envious of you like of u.s citizens because i'm just like wow so you just go about your life and like you don't that's, have to worry about any you, of these things like that's what you, you know, think bro 
Yeah, right. No, I know. And that's the and that's the hilarious thing because it's like obviously there's all these other things, but the uh, but every now and again I just have this funny thought where I'm like, oh man, it would be it would be real cool to like just you know be able to have like a misdemeanor, you know. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, like like you know, like whatever public urination or something, you know, like oh. like <laughs> something dumb, you know, like possession like, or something, you know. Be yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it's like whatever. It's just like something really dumb. I've had these thoughts where I'm just like, you know, because because I've had friends who like you know have accidentally you know had had like small legal issues and it was never a problem because like right. it was just like a minor inconvenience. But like for me, it's like man, that would be like the difference between me being able to you know be being able to stay in the country or not like that's like a lot of i'm not trying to get arrested obviously it's right. just a f- uh, funny thought that i've had where i'm just like, like you know it's a thing too or like if you check the wrong box in the form like you, like next week they're kicking you out or something like that too right i mean that and that so that's so, so this is why i mentioned the resident thing so uh my wife was visiting winnipeg and whenever she crosses the border she can never check into her flight um she's on it she's on a different visa than me but the uh, she can never she can never check into her flight because there's always it always says that there's an issue and she has to go to the gate, you know, like every time she has to go to the gate agent. And it's always with are you a resident or not? Because she lives here, but she's on a non-immigrant visa. So technically, she's a, you know, as same as me. We're both technically Canadian residents, even though we've lived here for eight and a half years, you know. So like there's no place in the middle. They only have. Resident or non-resident. Non-resident means you're visiting the U.S. and then they ask, what date are you coming back to Canada? You know, where are you staying when you're in the U.S.? All this stuff. It's like, no, I live there. It's like, oh, so you're a resident. Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's like endless, you know. So I have the same conversation with her every time. that Every time she's got to check into a flight to come back to the U.S., you know. Dig this. You know what I'm curious about, Curtis? What's that? what do you think about American culture as a whole? If you had one word, oh, dude, just- <laughs> maybe that would be the one word. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, it'd probably more likely be bruh. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's a. Uh, I mean, American culture means so many different things. I think that's the big thing that, especially like speaking with. Um, Canadians sometimes about it it can be it can be weird because you know it'll be like did you hear about this thing that happened in the states what what, what thing did, you know or like, <laughs> like 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 which one or like or like which which state like where was it where did this happen it's like oh I don't know somewhere down in the states it's always down there in the states you know uh <laughs> like it's 50 different states and like many of those states are multiple states unto themselves like Florida that's three goddamn states you know, like <laughs> that's, almost like its own country too. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like all of them have their own have their own thing. Like the the, I mean, yeah, the the like resistance to uh to like central government is so interesting to me. Like in Canada, like a lot more stuff is federal than here. You know, like everything is very you're very much like a resident of this state and like. There's just a lot of state laws and things like that that we like don't have on a provincial level in Canada like that. You know, there's a lot more stuff that's like a little more consistent across the board. Um, but so you've got 50 different state governments deciding all this shit. So that's how you get like 
these like insane, you know, abortion laws in Texas and shit like that. Like you get these like, yeah, just all, all, all this fucked up shit that like someone who managed to just become governor of a state, which is a lot easier than, you know, becoming president of the country or whatever, you know, um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like the way that, because the way the government is set up is totally different too. Because in Canada, it's like the, you know, parliamentary system, you know. So it's a, uh, and in fact, I like don't fully understand how the U.S. government works. Like I do, but like, I never took like, you know, what, what do they call it? Civics or whatever, you know, like. Basically, the, the people with the most money get to make up no, their No, of course. Rules. Yeah, well, that's, you know. That's I how mean, it and, works. Well, and that is that <laughs> is true. The, all the singing of the bills and like the bills goes to Congress. <laughs> not a great. Oh, that, man. That's yeah, not yeah, real. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not real. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. The, uh, there's, a, there's a great parody of that on The Simpsons where they're like, it's where it's called uh, I'm an amendment to be. Where they're like, yeah. try to, they're trying to amend the uh, the Constitution because any law would be a, would be a, uh, unconstitutional so they try to amend the constitution it's pretty hilarious actually that was one of the ones that they kept referencing uh, after january 6th because there's at the end of it there's a bunch of bills all storm the capitol and like with bombs and guns and stuff it go up so then everyone was like oh the simpsons predicted it again you know it's like oh this is very out of context but man you know. just out of curiosity like as a canadian like what is the allure of like coming to a place like new york city and you know it's, it seems like there there are a lot of hurdles that you have to go through and yeah uh, yeah what makes it all worth it to you i mean like this is the thing like being being in the being in the united states was not was never the uh <laughs> being in the united states was never the was never like the thing it was it was coming to new york you know like the uh if New York like seceded, you know, I'd probably still be here, you know? Um, like this is where I was always, this is where I was always trying to be, you know, um, I had a lot of teachers from New York and stuff. And I, you know, like I just didn't have much interest in like, like two of my, like my two best friends from back home, like went to school in Toronto right out of high school. And Toronto is like the best place to be if you're staying in Canada, probably. Um, and like, there's great scenes in Toronto, there's great scenes in Montreal, great, you know, same in Vancouver. But for me, like everyone that I had, you know, I had interacted with a lot of people from New York and everything. So that was always my goal, um, was to come there. So I never like, yeah. So it was kind of one of those, like, if I'm going to leave home, I want to leave home to like go for broke, you know, come, I mean, quite literally go for broke, uh, <laughs> in New York, you know, instead of like stopping somewhere else but but there are a lot of like there are a lot of great musicians in all you know all across canada for sure but the uh but for me i think it was just yeah just this this scene it's you know there's there's like there's there's nowhere like it um like i played some of the like some of the best music of my life on a random like random brunch gig last weekend um it was with John Bechet, uh, Dylan Shamat, and Arco Sandoval. Oh yeah, and we and we like went in because it was like loud. Everyone and everyone in the restaurant dug it. The staff dug it. Everyone, we like went in in a way that we had no business going in on a brunch gig, <laughs> and like it was some of the most fun playing I've like ever had. And I just had one of those like, thank God I'm in New York moments because I was just like, just like, you know, did a little like gratitude break. To be like, 
where the fuck else do you get this? You know, and I mean, I know like New Orleans, you also get this. You get it's it's just a different thing, you know. But the like, I just like where where else are you gonna get this this caliber of like people who are just you know like available to play in this restaurant at noon on a Sunday or whatever, you know? Yeah, you the, know uh, that's that's one of the when when I first moved to Harlem, I would always remember the Harlem Tavern. I think it's still yeah. there. Yeah, so this was the sister restaurant, the Row House. So it was like just across oh. the street. Okay, cool. So they they have a it's like sort of it's like a block down and across the street. So yeah, same I used people. To live, I used to live right there on One Eleventh and Seventh. Anyway, I, I would walk right. through that neighborhood in here. The like I'd be like these people have no idea, you know, yeah. that these musicians totally. are the best musicians in the world. Yeah, and they're just having their mimosas and eating their biscuits. Yeah. And, you know, chilling. Yeah, I mean the flip side of that, the people that people like. You know that if you know if people want to look at it from the from the negative angle, the flip side of that is like, like oh my god, you can't even be valued like for you know like you work your whole life and then like you're playing, you're playing a you know brunch gig for people just drinking mimosas. They have no idea they're not listening. Whatever you know, yeah. but that's our, never been a our culture doesn't value uh, artistic excellence. Absolutely, yeah, of course. And that's that's a cultural like in New Orleans it's not like that because people value artistic excellence yeah. as long as it services the <laughs> tourism industry. Now there's yeah, an asterisk. Right, right, right. As oh, long yeah, as it right, services right. Right there. Yeah, the tourism <laughs> yep. industry. Yeah. You are valuable. You. Yeah. Right, Greg? Yeah. What would you say to that? I would completely agree with I was I was uh skeptical of what you were about to say until you, you mentioned the tourism industry part of it. I mean I agree with you too. Like New Orleans is one of the is the few places in the world where like the arts are still like integrated into society. Yeah. But it is definite like selling tickets in New Orleans, that's a challenge. Yeah. Um, if you wanna like yeah, again, if you wanna do a ticketed event, like you put a band together, you write some music and you want to put a presentation together somewhere that's it's going to be a challenge to do that once a month right or something like that but but again if you want to sling drinks and and play bourbon street parade when the saints go marching in like people will be like hanging off the rafters screaming and yeah. yelling all night yeah 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 <laughs> totally and i mean and it's all that like this is this is also the thing i think that like i always have trouble being on any end of any debate about a lot of things sometimes because like all of these things are great for different reasons. All these different types of music, all these different, you know, these different vibes. Like I, 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 uh, and I think that's part of, you know, I appreciate your compliment saying that I can play, that I can play anything. I cannot play anything, but I, I, you know, I will say one of my assets is my versatility for sure. Um, and a lot of that comes from being in a, being in a small environment like Winnipeg where like, you know, I'm not, I wasn't going to like, be able to play only jazz gigs like there's there's a lot you know again thankfully like there are some there are some great jazz musicians but but there are like some even like even more so like for other stuff for for you know folk indie rock you know whatever all these things there's a lot of acts who are like doing like big things and are touring and like just live there because it's a relatively cheap place to live and it's home and whatever but the uh but yeah, there's like a lot of uh, so there, there's just a lot of opportunities to do a lot of different things. Like a, if you want to if you want to make a living as a musician, you can't just do one thing anyway. In New York, you actually sort of can, you know, like if you are that good at one thing or a couple things, you actually can just do that and be the specialist for that. Um, I assume that's probably the case in New Orleans as well. That there 
you know, people who do the shit out of one thing. Man, but I do know that there's also a big mix of styles. So, like, say that again. When you were talking about Winnipeg, it, it, I mean, it, it does r- remind me a lot of New Orleans. I mean, like, you'll go to the rock show and then you'll, like, next gig, you're seeing the same drummer swinging out, uh, you know. Right, right, right. Bike. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. So, that, that like, that's, yeah. So, that like, that's kind of more of the, that's sort of what I came up with. So, like, I, yeah, I would be playing, you know, even after even after I graduated school, I mean, I was just playing gigs in Winnipeg for a couple of years. I mean, I just I, that's the this is the only way I've made my living as an adult is mm-hmm. is playing playing music, teaching music, doing other music adjacent tasks. You know, by the way, shout out to Isotope. Those those plugins are amazing. I have I have some of the stuff. I I have mostly the elements, like the not the expensive ones. I have the like whatever the lower level of them, but the uh, they do like some amazing, amazing stuff. I just want to say shout out because I, because I do do a lot of like I got it pretty deep into mixing over the pandemic and stuff. So I'm like I'm really good with Pro Tools and mm. I was already good with it for editing and stuff. But then I started getting into mixing and everything. Um, but all that to say, yeah, like all I've ever done is play or do other sort of anything related to music. I've never really yeah, done anything it's... else since I since I quit Dairy Queen when I was. <laughs> 17 years That's old your job you were over at dairy queen oh yeah that was one that was one of the uh it was one of the essential steps in the obesity of curtis noah said was oh there we go working at dairy queen the uh <laughs> stealing all the blizzard toppings this cat this this i, I, just, I literally just go in the freezer and just like eat you know like oh you don't you don't have score here it'd be like heath bar uh oh, okay. <laughs> whatever bits and like you know m&m bits and shit <laughs> I, 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 in the in the introduction, I mentioned that you can play anything. Um, a few weeks ago, this guy called me last minute for for a gig. He was like, "I heard you can play, you can swing, and you can funk, and you can play Ray Charles." I said, "Yeah, I can do that." Oh, yeah, yeah. The, and so I said, "I couldn't do it." I was like, "Well, I can't do it, man." But why don't you call Curtis? And I was like, you got his number? He was like, yeah. I was like, well, damn, man. Why didn't you call him before you called the guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, nah. But because, you know, it's it's a certain type of motherfucker who can do that. And people from the South can do it. You can do it. But a lot of times people from New York cannot because. That's that's one know. of those things that's actually really interesting. Yeah. And it is like, yeah. Like cats from certain places can can do that. Like where, you know, you like came up playing in church and stuff. Okay, then you can you can play pocket. You know, like there's there's right. like there's things, but there are like not a lot of yeah, like it's it's a strangely short list sometimes when I need to get a sub for certain types of gigs. Cause like the whole you know, sometimes on one gig is yeah, it's a mix of all that like like pocket and swing and whatever. And like the list is shorter than it should be. You know, like it's it's actually very interesting. It's just my name on that list. Yeah, right. So, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but, did you try did you did you try these five casts and then I just sent your number five times? That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually did that to somebody the other day with your number. I was like, I didn't mean to send you Curtis <laughs> number five times. Hey, dig this. Let's, let's go ahead and um check out one of your songs, man. And oh, we're doing this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's called <laughs> this is called Sea Lion Woman. Check this one out, y'all. All right. She drink tea, and then go home. 
You know, we can't give y'all too much of that. Y'all got to go out and uh, get on your Googles, get on your oh, Spotify's. We just, we just fading out now. Okay. All, All right. of that. Yeah, that's what we do. And <laughs> and check out check out Curtis, this record, and, and find this record and buy it, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I made the uh, the smart move with a with a frequently misspelled last name of just na- just self-titling my album because, you know, that, that just makes it that much easier to find. Um <laughs> But yeah, that that record is that record is from 2019. It's called Curtis Noah Said. It's got my name. It's got a picture of my face. It's everything you want in a self-titled album. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just called introducing. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's my third album, though. See, I like to keep people on their toes. Um, that would have messed be- messed with people's heads, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Man, Prince did I- it. Prince Prince's second album was self-titled. You know, but the. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just it wasn't a yeah. I I agonized for a long time. You know, we, over we the name, kinda, I was like, yeah, forget it. We were kind of touching on like playing, you know, playing random gigs and 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 just again, you know, you're a true artist in the sense that you're a composer, you're a, a very accomplished musician, a drummer. Um, like, what? Do, how do you see success for yourself as an artist, like a musician who is an artist? Um, and how do you make it all work? Well, I mean, that's, it's kind of ever changing. I mean, I think that's, that's one of the big things, like the, the metric is always, you know, metric is always changing. Sometimes that means the goalposts are moving, but you know, like the, the, I don't know, the, um, yeah, I don't know when I, like, I think that, I think that always changes over time because the, the, you know, like when I, when I was, uh, you know, a young musician, all I ever wanted to be was one of the cats, you know, <laughs> like that was it. That was just the, I just wanted to like, I would just wanted to play gigs. That was all I wanted to do. Cause like that, you know, and then, it, you know, I started playing gigs when I was whatever, 17, 18 or whatever, started, started playing gigs. And then that was, that was a metric for success at that, that time. Like, oh my God, I'm playing gigs. I'm doing the thing, you know? I play drums and then people give me money at the end. This is, this is amazing, you know, but like, then it becomes like, Oh, I want, you know, I want to play with better musicians. Oh, I want to, you know, want to get better. I want to, you know, do this. I want to put on an album. I want to, you know, like it's always kind of, it's always kind of changing. And I think that 
it is an interesting thing because like the because especially doing you know like i i have put out three albums as a leader i've got this like remix project that i'm putting out soon and then i got an ep behind that i'm sitting on a bunch of unreleased music right now um which actually ties kind of into this because like putting out you know leader music when you're primarily a side person um is tough as well like you know as soon as gigs started up again over COVID, I was like, oh, now I remember why it was so hard to get stuff done, like pre-COVID as well, because it was just like, right, and like running around from place to place, like playing gigs and doing these things. And like the, yeah, I do think like one of the, you know, one of the metrics for success is being able to say no to things. That's definitely like, you know, because I've, I've always kind of just, you know, said yes to kind of everything that comes for a long time and being able to like, Having, st- having stuff set up, having, you know, stuff that's that's good enough and strong enough and, like, uh, that you're able to actually just say no to the things that, you know, you don't have the time or energy for. Because it's not even, like, it's a thing that you're above or anything. I mean, I think that, I think a lot of people, a lot of people forget the time and energy is finite. You know, like, it's, it's, we've got the, you know, we've got the same 24 hours a day that, you know, Coltrane had. You know, like, this is the this is this is it this every every day we get up we we do this and that's all we that's all we have and we can only do so much so every time that we're doing something we're not doing something else Mm -hmm. you know so so if you're if you you know sometimes we can get into the busyness trap of like you know oh i've got holes in my schedule better fill them up you know um and i do that for sure i totally i totally do that (laughs) all the time but um you know, one thing um, I think that COVID helped a lot of people with is realizing that time is finite because you weren't doing shit but sitting at home. Yeah. And, you know, saying no is probably the most powerful thing you can do in your entire life. Yeah. Because, and this is a lesson you've been, you've been teaching me for years. Oh, you know, <laughs> well, you Henry, I love Henry, saying no. <laughs> Henry, and shout out to Henry Connerway, yeah. our, our brother. The, he always he's been trying to teach me this lesson for for years and years. You're just like saying he's like saying no, thank you, is a, is like a beautiful thing. <laughs> oh, know? absolutely, man. Because like when you you know if if whatever I'm doing, I want to. Sean Cronin told me this. He was like, if it's not hell yeah, it's no. And that's wow. that's kind of how I move through my life. Yeah. And so, like, if somebody calls you to do anything, go golfing. If you're not like, hell yeah, yeah I want to go golfing, that means you don't want to do it. And so, I, that's that's I just say no to everything that's not a hell yeah, you right? Know? And I'm happier like that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I uh, I I just found the chat on the YouTube, and so then I went to it, but then it started playing both what you were saying. It was playing <laughs> what you were saying twice in my ears, so then I missed it. But yes. I, <laughs> rookie mistake, rookie mistake. Bro. Yeah, I know. I uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say hi to everyone. Well, now I'm not going to type it in the YouTube chat because everyone knows what's going on now. So hi everyone in the YouTube chat. Good thing uh, <laughs> seconds behind us, so you better make it quick. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the uh, uh, so anyway, yes, I yeah, I I totally hear you, and at the same time, sometimes the reality is like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm learning it better and better. The re- the reality is, I mean, especially when when gigs first started up, I started taking I was taking things that I had I had because I kind of finally learned how to say no in like 
2019. That was like probably the year I learned how to say no. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. And it was like, oh, that's a big old no. And then uh, then when little gigs started coming back, I started taking like, you know, gladly taking restaurant gigs where I got to take my, my little drum set on the bus and whatever that I was like, didn't feel I had the time or energy for in 2019. But then in 2020, that shit was a blessing. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. um, but now, into, you know, 2021 and into 2022, it's like, we're, it's, things are busy. So it becomes like, yeah, I gotta, just gotta be smart about my, you know, time and energy. No, it's been a challenging thing for me though, because on some level, like I feel like for a young musician, it sometimes doesn't always serve you very well to say no to everything. Oh no, that's a, that's a very different thing when you're, when you're young. But sometimes like, it's hard to see that objectively too, when you've crossed that threshold in your career and all of a sudden you're like, wait, holy shit, like I'm so busy. I have no yeah. time for anything. And yeah, I need to try this new word that I haven't used in a while. <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, well, you know, and this is like, you know, uh, I'm a big advocate of therapy as Dar- as Darian knows. So like, this is one of those, this is one of those things where it's like self-image always, always lags behind reality. So you're always, you know, and it's this, it's the same, it's the same reason how, you know, when you're, when you're a young musician and you think you suck and you work really hard and you get better and you get better and you still think you suck, but then everyone else is like, Oh, you sound great. And you're like, no, I still suck. And then you keep, you keep practicing, keep practicing. And like, it's, it's only once you've already been good for whatever amount of time that you're like, Oh yeah, I guess I'm pretty good now. You know, um, and I feel like it's kind of the same way where it's like, right, like, I think that it's very important for young musicians to say yes to to everything, but then to have that experience. I think the thing that I didn't really learn was was when to then say no to the same things after having had that experience. At a certain point, it's not serving you anymore. It's just a hundred bucks at the end of the night or whatever that you you, you know the problem you need when you're a young musician. You know, the problem that artists have is the inability to direct their own lives in the direction that they want to go. Yeah. So, so what happens is artists don't ask questions because they love to create the art. So you don't ask how much is a gig paying? How long, how much, how many of my hours is it going to take up? So what you do is you get on a gig and you hate it. You fucking hate it. You're like, <laughs> I hate this. They treat me bad. You don't oh, say yeah. shit though. You just complain yeah, to your yeah. old lady. You feel it inside. <laughs> your, your internal compass is saying to you, yeah, yeah. do not do this. This is and not, this is not for me. This is know? not for you, but you're yeah. thinking I need this experience, which is complete bullshit. So you have to say, Next time it comes around after feeling those feelings, that's how you know when you should say no. And I don't care if you're 15 or 58. Listen right. to your internal compass. Yeah. Listen to it. Stop yeah. wasting your life. You're going to wake up and be dead, dog. Like, <laughs> still playing some $25 gig that you hate. Yeah. Like, you lugging your drums up the stairs on the subway you like i hate the-. if you lugging them up be like this some sh- yes like yeah. you say you played the gig and you like this is my shit that's how you need yeah. to feel totally. every day you deserve and that's, it and that's the thing on that gig i had to still take that little drum set you know in an uber or whatever like i still had to bring drum i still had to like there were still like logistic you know and i and like i didn't have a good mat so i ended up walking to the hardware store buying a new mat putting the mat down like this is all before you know like there were a lot of like there was like you know it was in the morning i was like up late the night before i was like not you know there was a lot of suboptimal shit leading up to the gig 
But the music was so good that it was just like that, you know, that nourishes me. Like, it didn't matter how much I paid. I would have, you know, and it was four hours long, too. You know, like, which is like a four hour gig is like, you know, that's bordering on like even the best music for four hours is still four hours that you're sitting in one place using using all of your mental energy to create. That's like that's a that's a lot. But like. The, it obviously was it was amazing. The music was amazing. So it was all it made it all worth it. It was great. What um, does what does what does man just what, what does success look like for you as an artist? And oh yeah, right. So I never answer your question, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's circle back to this real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You you got a taste of talking to me. Um, so that's a good question. You know the um, this is this is one thing where you know like sort of a little caveat asterisk I might put on on uh, Darian's listen to your internal compass. Sometimes you don't know what your internal compass is telling you. Like, sometimes you know, you know, sometimes it's telling you this ain't it, but it's not telling you what is, you know? Like, I don't know. I do I, I do think a lot about, I don't know. I Like, obviously we all have our own, we all have our own metrics for success. We're like, oh, I'd, I'd love to be, you know, on the road X amount with X type of artist. I'd love to be on the road X amount doing my own thing. You know, I'd love to just be doing my own thing locally or whatever. And then like whatever, whatever combination of those things you want, or I'd love to like mostly, mostly teach so that I can just make the music I want to make and not have to have to take a bunch of gigs. That's not the music I want to make or something like that. You know, like everyone has their own, everyone has their own metrics. So I don't, know 100% what ratio that is to me because I enjoy a lot of different things you know I do enjoy playing a lot of different types of music I enjoy being a sideman a lot and like dare I say I'm pretty good at being a sideman you know like I sh like actually I'm I'm my confidence is shaken a little bit in this moment because I have been late for I can count on one hand the number of gigs I've been late for since moving to New York eight years ago Goddamn, two of them were this weekend for shit beyond my control. So like, so I'm feeling my confidence is a little shaken, but I generally, you know, there th was like train related and my phone got wet and I was trying to deal with that. And so I couldn't turn it on or anything. It was like a whole, there were, there were a bunch of things. I still showed up, like I showed up like right at down. I didn't like, I wasn't actually late, but I showed up right at downbeat, which for me is very late. And for drummers is, is late because like, we got to get our symbols up. We got to set up or whatever. Um, thankfully both situations were chill. It was fine. But for me, like I show up like neurotically early for gigs. Like I prepare in a way that I probably don't need to prepare sometimes, you know, um, I try to, I, tr I try to dress the part. Sometimes I don't always succeed on the dressing part, but regardless, you know, like I like, I know how to do all of these things. And these are all things that I like pride myself in and like, um, yeah. So these are all things that I like really, you know, I do really enjoy and I really enjoy bringing other people's music to life. And oftentimes I feel like I play better when I'm playing other people's music anyway. I think I, the, the times that I've played best on my own gigs is when I was able to just imagine that it was not my music, you know, because like when it's your music, you're trying to like, for me, I feel like I'm trying to like direct traffic and things and like make sure that everything works or whatever and can't just like get into that 
headspace of like we're just making music and we're flowing or whatever. Oh, so success to you, it sounds like I'm gonna wrap this up for you because Oh yeah, fine. It, All right, so this is what it, this is what it sounds like you're saying to me, Curtis, all right? It's it's the small things of being on time, being dressed right, and nailing the performance. Yeah. You know what? That actually is part of it. That is part of it. I think success for me is is yeah, is being part of a team. Um and like accomplishing accomplishing a goal together, reaching like a reaching a high creative level together, you know, doing that, like having the energy all be aligned and be right. Cause like one little like any any kind of thing, it could be from the audience, it could be from someone in the band, it doesn't matter. The energy's off, the energy's off. And like no matter how good it goes, at the end you're feeling that the energy's off. You know, like I want all of that stuff to be together. I'd like to do more band leader stuff i'm very bad at sending emails uh so this is like this is one of the things that i do really need to like make a resolution and do because i do really enjoy being a band leader i enjoy playing my own music um but i don't think that i don't know that it could be like the main thing in my life you know maybe it could like if if something major changed and i had like a team and like someone's help to really align what I'm trying to do instead of just like putting out records and playing gigs. You know, like that's a, that's about what I know how to do as band leader books, book tours sometimes, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that like success to me would be like, like, you know, well on a practical level would be yeah, like a combination of like fulfilling side person work and, you know, being a band leader, um, playing my music, you know, and, uh, and I enjoy teaching as well, you know, so having some of that, but I think that on a, maybe on a, a bigger picture level, it would be like being able to direct my energy wherever I want to having, having the time to work on stuff because like, you know, money is taken care of or whatever, you know, like the, I don't have to take a bunch of stuff that eats up all of my time or whatever. I can just take the things that I want to do. Um, that's probably what success would look like to me. So there you go. So you, you just, know. as you're saying all this, you re you're reminding me of like kind of the way I operate too. I feel like, you know, Darian's a little more high maintenance than the both of us. And yeah, it's, he's, oh, he's, it, he's it got is a true. low tolerance for anything. He's just like, man, fuck this. I don't want to do this. But I know. Like, and, you know, it's and, like, it's like, I'm chill, you know, and you seem pretty chill too. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And I, and, and I, I admire the fuck out of Darian for that. Sometimes where I'm just like, wow, you just <laughs> like you just don't give a shit. Like, I mean, part of it, part of it is, you know, I think part of it is part of it is being Canadian. Part of it is being from a place like Winnipeg. It's a small community. Like, you can't just like burn bridges and like, yeah. you know, like people. Yeah, you know, I had a lot of situations where I wanted to just like tell someone to go fuck themselves and never, you know, never play with them again. Like, but like you can't tell someone lose my phone number in a city that size. You know, like that doesn't that doesn't work. You know, in New York, like you totally can't. You could have full on, like th this is what you could have. You know, like full on uh, falling outs with people and all this stuff, and it won't affect your life in any major way necessarily. You know, it can depending on who you have falling out with. But like you know, there's a, I don't know. So sometimes I I do admire like people who are just like, yeah, no, I don't want to do like I don't want to do that. You know. 
I don't fuck with you <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, like, this for, is like, this is not for me. Too, like, I feel like Darian, there's a lot of wisdom in, in the way Darian approaches things too. Cause absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, Darian's always moving ahead with stuff. And yeah. sometimes I find myself marinating some bullshit because of that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Same. Oh dude. I'm the like overthinker of the century. Like the number of times that I've just been like, it's like, man, should I do this? Or should I do that? Whatever. Darian's just like, bruh, just, this doesn't matter. Like just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is what matters okay cool all right good thank you you know like you know my wife is good for that too she's just like nobody cares she just she always drops she always drops a perfect nobody cares when i'm like well I, i'm like worried about something it's like nobody cares it's fine no one is thinking about this you're the only person thinking about this and it's wasting your time just do something else i was like okay yeah so I'm yeah. I'm gonna switch I'm gonna switch gears. I know we, we come running out of time, but I, I do want to have this small discussion before we. All right, all right. You already y'all already know what I'm about to or say. We, everybody out here. What time we even are we are we we got to wrap up or something? I mean, you know, we we usually go an hour. We're gonna go a little longer today. Just yeah, just you are this, just to get this discussion out. I would have wrap, I would have wrapped up faster if I knew we were all right. Whatever. Oh no, it's all good. I thought we were just we're chilling. To talk just about huh? what's going on, Darian? <laughs> I want to know. Uh -oh. Like, because, you know, something interesting happened last night, and I think it's, it, it's <sighs> in the media, so we need to talk about it here. Uh, all right. I know. I know. The That's Will it. Smith thing, especially being Canadian, I, I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> How do the Canadian people feel about this? Because <laughs> Canadian people are the nicest people in the world, right? Or y'all have that reputation. Do, right. What, what are you, just generally, what are you guys, I want to hear from both of y'all, what do y'all think about what happened uh, what unfolded with Will and I mean, like there, there are no winners here. You know, that's ultimately that's ultimately the thing. Like, Chris, Chris did something fucked up. Will did something fucked up, and now it's a big, it's a big old mess. And that's you know, I don't know. I don't really like. I'm already, I'm already bored of it already. I'm just like this, this sucks. This sucks for everyone. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Greg? Um, I'm going to take my, my American Fifth Amendment right and just stay silent. <laughs> no, Fair enough. I mean, no, you know, to me, to me, what's, I, I, I watch all this shit and I'm just like, it's the fucking show business, man. Like, yeah. how are we supposed to watch this and objectively, like, really know that this was not planned out? Like, are you serious? Right. Like, like, oh, it's, man, you know, my sister texted me right before we went on. Like, yeah. My sister texted me right before we went on because she's been texting me memes all day. And, uh, like, and that's the thing. I was already bored. Like, I already got, like, I love memes. I love memes so much. So, like, when I saw the video, I was like, oh, man, the memes are going to be great. And then already by, like, you know, noon or something, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done with these memes. The, uh, <laughs> but, like, yeah, even she was texting me right before we went live. She's like, do you think it was staged? I was like, okay, here we go. We're watching it at work. And here's the thing. <laughs> it's like, it's all, like, uh. You I know. just don't see how it couldn't have been. I mean, I understand it could have actually happened, but like again, like you're looking at like, dude, Will Smith is a very well known actor. You know, Chris Rock. They're all. It's like all show business up there. We're talking like, about the, oh. the highest level of show business. Yeah, you know, like, like things yeah. things like that don't just happen. I mean, yeah. maybe they do, but I don't know. Man. Well, it's I'm also surprised. Like, 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 there's no there's no security. Like, there's no one like on standby when someone's like walking on stage. No like, one I don't know. Blew them out. Come on. <laughs> right. I don't know. I just find I like, yeah. I think it was real, y'all. I do think I, it was I, real. There, there was a great, there was a great uh, tweet. You know, Michael Harriet, uh, guy. Uh, he writes uh, for he writes for the Root, and he was like, 
Any of y'all who think that was staged have, have never seen Chris Rock act. <laughs> 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 I looked at Chris Rock's face because he's like, you know, I was like, yeah, no, I, I don't think it was, I mean, it was necessarily mind. staged, or it was it was like the the plan was to to make it not stay. You know, like the plan was to like, okay, I'm gonna really smack you, okay, <laughs> you know. My initial reaction was, oh, this this is uh. This is messed up. This is fake because like, but, but yeah, when I saw Will screaming from the audience and the energy that he was giving. Then that, was, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. man, it, no, he really, and, and honestly. But he's also a master method, method actor. Oh, so for like, sure. You know. He is, but it broke my heart when I yeah. felt that it was real, whether it was real or not. Totally. Because, yeah. because I'm a genuine Will Smith fan. Like I read this cast books. I follow him on Instagram. Right. He's like a light of positivity. And yesterday- he disappointed all of his fans. Right. You know, and that to me is the worst thing you can do. It, it, Kevin Hart did a similar thing. I was telling Greg when he cheated on his wife because he had this whole persona of a family man. And then you you go against that. You Then you disappoint your fans, which is worse. It's the worst thing that you could do. I mean, yeah. One of the worst things you could do. In my yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a... Yeah, it all sucks. I do think like like Will Smith's personality and everything. He is he is a very inspirational person, but he is also like probably a sociopath. Like very much like Michael Jordan or like people who who succeed on that level are people who are like not operating on the same level as like a like and not in a not necessarily in a good way. Like this is like pathological behavior to this point. And it's and it's like and again, this is me getting into my therapy shit. I'm just like, this is, you know, this is a, yeah, like this, like this goes beyond like being well adjusted. You know, you're, you're like, this is like a pathological need for success, you know? Yeah. Um, and to me, like, so success does not look like that to me, but these are very, <laughs> but these are very successful people. So, you know, good for them. You know, <laughs> you know what? That's that's like the one thing too that like I I really love about the community of artists that we kind of live within. It's like all of us we're pretty much just occupied with creating music, yeah, teaching about it, educating yeah. others about it. But we're not like we're not you know I I the thing about Hollywood is like you never know when it's scripted and it's like for, for you know for the Academy Awards and for Will Smith and all this kind of stuff like it's a win for them no matter if it was scripted or not. Oh yeah, definitely. All of a sudden, everyone's talking about it. That translates yep. to dollars. I mean, who really watches Absolutely. the Academy Awards, anyways? Like, yeah, no yeah. one watches it. So that's that's probably the best thing that could have probably happened yeah. for the ratings of that thing. And so maybe we have a value. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, the Academy is <laughs> the Academy is investigating it or whatever. It's like, what are you investigating? What are you going to do? You're not going to take his Oscar away. So like, <laughs> you know, like. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna are you gonna ban Will Smith from the the academy? Like, no, get out of here. Yeah, you know. But yeah, like, I do I do think that the I do think the joke was in poor taste. It was was, you know, mean spirited. And uh, this is what I was. But that's what Chris Rock does. Like, but you know, what, like, what what joke is not like like could someone not take the stance of being offended? That's my question too. What do you mean? What did like? What is there a joke that? Is there a joke that exists that someone could not be offended by? Like, I mean, even like the chicken crossing the road. I mean, not, knock, knock, who's like, there? You know, like, whatever. I don't know. Which like, one is funny that doesn't offend anyone? <laughs> I mean, there's plenty. 
there's also there's all you know there's also the concept of punching up versus punching down there's like like that was that was very much punching down and that is one of that is one of my that is one of my issues with chris rock genius that he is is like there is an awful lot of punching down mm-hmm. and i'm not a you know so it's one of those like yeah this is just like it's just mean-spirited you know like i think what chris was trying to do and and it 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 didn't come across the joke didn't come across well anyway no. but what he was trying to do was tie it back to the previous oscars when when the whole when will and jade and a bunch of other black artists boycotted yeah and he made jokes about 20, 2016 yeah right so he was trying to bring it full circle and be you know but it just didn't come across yeah, you know yeah. so will decided to punch him I, I this is what i think i if i was that upset i would have waited until the end of the show cameras off yeah, and right, i would have slapped right. the shit out of him then yeah, right. because if I'm a, I'm, if I'm gonna slap your ass, we're gonna go toe to toe. I want to finish. I want to get right. all my slaps out. I'm not gonna, right. I'm not gonna be done. Yeah. I, I mean, so uh, that's why I'm kind of like, I don't think he should have handled it that way. I don't think he should have slapped him for that. I think that's a conversation. Hey, man, you said that. That hurt my wife's feelings and mine. That to me, that's gonna cut deeper, and you're gonna find a real solution to the problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Chris probably would have said, you know, man, I'm sorry. That was a poor joke. I shouldn't have said that. You know? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's I think, but, you know, now. every everything about it was pretty toxic, whether it was whether it was like genuine, genuine or staged, like. Like, it's all just shitty behavior all around. And it's just like it's just a, like I said, there's no winners because then there's, you know, yeah, there's there's all there's so many levels. Is it like it is, and it's, you know, it's a very nuanced situation or whatever, but it's just like, there's just no winners. To me, it's like a reflection of the human spirit. And Greg, you tell me what you think about this, man, because like, even, even with everything happening in the world with Ukraine, and we can go before Ukraine, the way that Americans kill civilians in the Middle East and no one gave a shit, you know? Yeah. Is it not human nature to be murderous? Is that not, is violence just not just baked within our very being are we just chimpanzees who can think a little bit better because that's what it seems like like we we can't we can't evolve past violence i mean honestly i i just i i think i agree with curtis too man i think everyone lost last night and it's like just a poor reflection on it's just it's a poor you know it's, it's a poor reflection on what gets attention yeah. and i think what really sucks about all this is that like violence is maybe one of the key motivators for int- attention and eyes and yeah. eyeballs and dollar bills and all that kind of shit. And it just sucks that, you know, I, I agree. I think a much more effective way of dealing with that, like how much more powerful would it have been if Will Smith accepted the Academy Award and used that as an opportunity to express his, you know, um, dissatisfaction with the joke and how it hurt him and his family and that yeah. now we're, ne- we're never coming back to the Oscars again or the Academy Awards because this is disgraceful and we don't we don't agree with this. Yeah. Like that would have that would have been to me That would have started a whole, yeah. That would have been undisputed Will Smith is the greatest person ever and yeah. <laughs> we'll see you later. Good night. But yeah, well, they they, they would have canceled Chris Rock, which is another problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't think everything is as like black and white as like, yeah, you're right, you're wrong. Hey, let's this guy's wrong. This guy's a piece of shit. This guy's whatever. Like it's everything yeah. is is complicated and you know, we didn't all get here because of Ukraine or whatever happened before that. This is just yeah. thousands of years of cumulative shit that's just but like speaking of that, I mean shit shit is, you know, there's all kinds of other fucked up shit that this is a huge, huge distraction from that this is like you know, not to say that like whatever one thing you know there's all kinds of things going on but even you know shit with russia and ukraine is getting worse and there's like you know i don't know there's, there's like all these other things that would be you know talking about time and energy being finite like attention is finite yeah. that's what it is well, it's just it's grabbing your fucking time and your attention and now we're all talking about this instead of like what the you know what's, what's the dominant yeah. of c i can't even remember yeah right <laughs> 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 i don't know i just like yeah the uh yeah. Oh, Jesus is the answer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> had to had to throw it in there. No, the uh I don't know, man. The uh I don't know. You said we were talking about the Oscars. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> I dropped that I dropped that little Danny DeVito shaking his head. No oh, yeah. gif. I was like, we, oh, we had we 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 had to get it in there, man, because Of course, I know. It's just, I you know, know uh yeah, honestly, I'm worn out. We ain't never got to talk about it again. Yeah. What, what what sucks about this too is like what's what's complicated is that I think all of us are aspiring artists, and I I would say that most of the people who listen to this are aspiring artists. The people we teach right. are aspiring artists. Yep. And the unfortunate reality of what we do is that we have to some like these guys are using bullshit to sell their art, and. Man, I just it just sucks that like it seems like like everyone is kind of going to this yeah. lowest lowest common denominator to get attention and sell records and sell right, movies and all this kind yeah. of shit. Because both both Chris Rock and and Will Smith are incredible artists. I mean, they're both you know they're both very good at what they do. You know, so yeah, it just becomes like, and also just yeah, the Academy is supposed to be, you know, about people in the art of acting or whatever. You know, like so as a whole. Yeah, like the whole thing was just, it's just cheap. And mm. I don't know. We've come full circle from Grammys being your ticket to American citizenship. To <laughs> yeah, right. There you the go. Oscars there you being go. like fucking Mari these days. <laughs> yeah, right. The, uh... <laughs> oh, damn. And you are not Man. the father. father. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> that, was like Jerry, that was like Jerry Springer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like Chris, Chris comes out at the end and it's like uh, Jerry's thoughts or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a whole throwback. That's that's yeah, that's that's like a throwback to the same time period as GI Jane. You know, <laughs> I just couldn't believe he referenced. I was like, that, it was like just such a weird dated reference anyway that it was just like, like what, like what, what was that people, like 1997 or something? Yeah, it was just like. Like most of the people like sharing this, they have no idea what GI Jane was. You know, like Lupita. Lupita. She didn't know what's her name. Lupita. Lupita. She didn't know who. What the fuck GI Jane was. Yeah. Right. And it's, <laughs> and and so this is kind of one. This is kind of one of my complaints about Chris Rock is that like he hasn't contemporized super well. Like I do find that there are kind of some things where it's like he's kind of like frozen in a certain period in time. So that's why like some of these things don't go over because it's like yeah like shit has evolved like shit has changed you know like he doesn't have to do he doesn't know anyone anything he can he can be who he is but but like sometimes that's one of the things like yeah this joke didn't go over i mean it was kind of like there were some of the things on snl too where it was just like yeah this didn't go over because like that's you know like 
culture changes like shit changes you know every like five ten years you know like we all kind of got to like roll with that a little bit are we it's, all it's always just kind of it's like it's always just kind of boring when people are like oh i don't want to it's like okay cool like i don't know i don't mean to keep using the word boring but i'm just like to me it's just it's boring at a certain point it's just like okay then don't like what do you want from what do you want from me you know yeah the YouTube awards coming up. That's what's going to be. It's going to replace the Academy and the, the right. Spotify, the Spotify Grammy or whatever is going to yeah. be <laughs> next thing. Yeah, shoot. I know sure. people who have won won Emmys for for YouTube videos. I mean, that's like the yeah, yeah. It's, it's going thing. that way. All right, y'all. We're gonna wrap oh, it up. It? This is oh, it. Okay. Wrap, All right. We wrapping it up, man. We wrapping it up. Everybody. <laughs> yes, eight fourteen. <laughs> it's eight fourteen in New Orleans. It's nine fourteen here in New York, y'all. Everybody listening, y'all. We, we want to thank the one and only Curtis. Sorry, Brown. sorry, sorry. Where are you, Darian? Oh, I'm in New Jersey. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis is in New York. You see how they do me, Greg? They treat me anyway, kind of way up there. You know? oh, man, it's uh, you, you don't live in New York, so that's right. Listen, I, was, I left, man. I left. I had a but kid. It's still nine fourteen in the Garden State. That's true. That's right, baby. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank Curtis Nowasat for coming on the Working Artist Project. Oh, thanks so much for having me, y'all. But before we go, we want okay. to make sure we give you an opportunity to sell your boxing gloves and your records and tell the people how they can get you and where they can download all your stuff from. Where, where can they do that, at, Curtis? Give them what all you your links. Boxing I literally have boxing gloves. Right I, here. That's what I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, where oh, where can you find? I mean, Bandcamp is always the best place. Bandcamp, all day. So CurtisNoahSad.bandcamp.com. Um, but you can go to my website, you know, CurtisNoahSad.com, and if you spell my last name wrong, it'll go there anyway, um, because it just happens a lot. So just remember, it's Noahsad with two O's and one A, not not a one O and two A's. Anyway, but O S A D. Yeah. So I, and I, I will have some new music coming out. I promise. It's uh, it's finally, it's finally in motion. So, to put these, these uh, remixes out, I got so of the whole last record. I had eight different producers or nine different producers do like remixes of the tracks. You know, all reimagined in all different ways. And then, uh, so yeah, so I'll be putting some new music out soon. But in the meantime, I have three records up on Bandcamp that you can buy. And uh, yeah, come follow me on. Uh, Social media. I'm easy to find. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Curtis Noah's had on the planet. So <laughs> this is like a very obscure Ukrainian last name um, that doesn't even really follow the rules of Ukrainian. It's like whatever. So like <laughs> anyone with that last name is not named Curtis. You know, like it's a it's like a you'd be like Vladimir or something, you know. Right, right. So um, anyway, so pretty easy to find. Go ahead and uh, look me up. All right, y'all. So. So y'all know where to find him. Go to his Bandcamp. Go to his Instagram. Go to his Facebook page. Uh, he also has an Omegle page. So find him anywhere you can find him. A with what? your Googles. <laughs> got a what page? Oh, man. No, he doesn't. But check him out on online, y'all. I don't, even, y'all. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't even know what you're talking about. Maybe I, I got to get on TikTok, though. Yeah, yeah. On get on TikTok. Get on TikTok. Yeah. And, uh, it's just going to be me playing double stroke roles all day long. That's right. That's what Jason Marcellus does. You can do it too. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Jason. Cool. <laughs> all right, y'all. My name is Darian Douglas. Gregory Ajit Curtis. Thank you so much. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me. Catch y'all next week. Later. Take care. <laughs>